Hi, and welcome to the Circle of Film podcast. I'm Ryan, and join me as we step into Mother's Day on today's statistics episode. We read the wind and the sky when the sun is high. We sail the length of the seas on the ocean breeze. At night we name every star. We know where we are. We know who we are, who we are. We may be about two months away from the actual day on the calendar, but having just watched the movie fairly recently, I thought that this would be a great movie to do a statistics episode for. It features tons of recognizable names and people in it. It has a pretty significant effect on all of their positions, uh, whether they're whether it's the director, writer, or actor. And I have some choice words, some choice words. Uh, so Mother's Day. Uh, it. I only seen it. I've only seen it once. I watched it March twelfth, twenty eighteen. Clocked it at one hundred thirteen minutes. I watched it on Amazon, on my computer. It is a twenty sixteen film, and my summary is: women deal with mother issues. It's fairly straightforward. Uh, there's other subtleties to that, but they're not really worth mentioning. Uh, it has a six on Rotten Tomatoes, and I gave it a nine. A nine. And yeah, it is pretty terrible. It is um, just really unfocused. It takes all the worst things of the New Year's Day, Valentine's Day type of movies and basically does that with Mother's Day. It's completely unoriginal. None of the plot lines have any intrigue or interest to them. And none of the performances are even fascinating or noteworthy on any level so it's not gonna be fun don't recommend so director of mother's day is gary marshall this is the second film of his i have on my spreadsheet it lowers his average film rating to a 13.5 it is his second film rated between 0 and 24 and worst film of two uh, coming in just behind raising helen yep Score uh, lowers his value to a negative four and his score to a 2.75, which puts him on par with the Farrelly brothers, whose films that are currently logged, uh, I'm sure there are more that I've seen, but the only ones logged right now are Hall Pass and Dumb and Dumber 2. And uh, that puts Gary Marshall behind uh, people like Julius Ona, who directed Clo- The Cloverfield Paradox, and ahead of people like... Denny Gordon, who directed Joe Dirt, or Jim Gillespie, who directed I Know What You Did Last Summer. Moving on to writers. There are five credited names. It is all of their first film, so they are all tied right now. I'll just kind of rattle them off together. Anya Kochoff, Matthew Walker, Tom Hines, Lily Hollander, and Gary Marshall, the director. They all have an average film rating of 9 and one film rated between 0 and 24, which is Mother's Day, which gives them a value of negative 2 and a score of 1. They are ranked 5,784th overall and are also tied with the writers of the movies Christmas Inheritance, Underworld, Rise of the Lycans, uh, The Pink Panther, Leap Year, Kazam, Heaven is for Real, They come in just ahead of Danny McBride, 
who is a writer on Underworld, Underworld colon Evolution, and Underworld colon Rise of the Lycans. And just behind um, the writers, uh, Robert Reese, who wrote Spark colon A Space Tale and The Nut Job. Fascinating. <laughs> um, okay, so actors. This is where we get pretty in-depth. Starting at the top and working our way down, we have Margot Martindale. This is her 26th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 57.62. It is her fourth film rated between 0 and 24 and 25th best film overall, coming in just ahead of Main Street and just behind Heaven is for Real. It lowers her film value to a 3.5 and her score to a 57 even, which leaves her ranked 754th, tied with uh, Tamsin Grieg, who was in the second best exotic Marigold Hotel, Shaun of the Dead, and a voice in Arthur Christmas. Uh, Jeffrey DeMunn, who was in Burn After Reading, The Green Mile, The Shawshank Redemption. Joanna Gleason from Boogie Nights, The Skeleton Twins, Crimes and Misdemeanors. Colleen Camp, Election, American Hustle, The Ice Storm, Joy. Uh, Doris Lloyd, The Time Machine, The Letter. Alice in Wonderland as a voice in the animated version. The Sound of Music. Um, Ted Danson. That's a recognizable name. Saving Private Ryan, the one I love. Big Miracle. Uh, puts Margaret Martindale behind uh, Daryl Hannah and Rosie O'Donnell. And ahead of David Strathairn. Strathairn. Margaret Martindale plays... Um, somebody's mother. I think it's Sarah Chalk and Kate Hudson's mother. And, like, in the beginning of the movie, she's super homophobic and racist. And then, apparently, that's all forgotten by the end of the movie. Uh, next up is Julia Roberts. This is her 25th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 54.64. It is the third film... For her, rated between 0 and 24, and her 24th best film overall, coming in just ahead of Smurfs, colon, The Lost Village, for which she is a voice, and behind uh, Flatliners, which is, I believe, the original Flatliners. And it drops her film value to a negative 1.5, and her score to a 49.09. She is now ranked 1,488th overall, just behind... Georges Melly, Melieu, Melie, who's French, so I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, and Jean Dalcy, who's also French, so I'm probably pronouncing that wrong too, uh, who are, were in the very, 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 very old films, uh, in, uh, A Trip to the Moon, The Astronomer's Dream, and The Haunted Castle. Uh, puts Julia Roberts ahead of Ed Lauder, who's in True Romance, 13 Days, The Rocketeer, good stuff. Next is Robert Pine, who plays uh, Margot Martindale's wife, the father of Kate Hudson and such, who is just as racist and homophobic. This is his sixth film credit and drops his average film rating to a 61 even. It is his first film, rated between 0 and 24, and worst film overall, coming in behind But I'm a Cheerleader. Drops his film value to a 2.5 and his score to a 48 0.25. He is now ranked 1,561st, 
tied with Pat O'Brien, uh, who's a classic Hollywood actor, and Clea Duvall, who was in Argo and Zodiac. Puts in one spot behind Aidan Quinn from The Mission or Looking for Richard, and one spot ahead of Jason Lee, Syndrome from The Incredibles. Next is Hector Elizondo. This is his 10th film credit and drops his average film rating to a 50.8. This is his second film rating between 0 and 24 and worst, best, worst movie overall. Coming in behind, Raising Helen. He drops his film value to a negative 2 and his score to a 40.33. He's ranked 2,538th overall, which puts him on par with Jenna Fisher from The Office and Ty Simpkins, uh, who's in The Nice Guys, Iron Man 3, Jurassic World. He's a kid actor. Maybe not anymore, but he, he primarily was. Uh, puts Hector Elizondo behind Diane Lane. Uh, from Inside Out, The Mother, and Inside Out, and ahead of Charlie Cox from Stardust, among others. Next is Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant from Lord of the Rings. Uh, this is his 14th film credit and drops his average film rating to a 47.14. It is his fourth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 13th best movie overall. Mother's Day comes in ahead of Dreamcatcher and behind Gone in 60 Seconds. Drops his film value to a negative 4.5 and his score to a 36.75. He is now ranked 2,926th overall, tied with Alexa Palladino, whose only credits are Before the Devil Knows You're Dead and The Midnight Swim. Puts him behind Elizabeth Daly from Pee-wee's Big Adventure, and a voice in Happy Feats 1 and 2, and puts him ahead of Will Smith from West Philadelphia. Next up is Asif Mandvi, who plays the husband of Kate Hudson, hence uh, why her parents are racist for calling him... I forget what they name. I want to say Talhead, but I don't... I think it was more offensive than that. I think. Uh, I mean, still very offensive, obviously. I just... That's coming to mind, but I think it was something worse than that. Uh, anyway, Asif Manvi. This is his 14th film credit and drops his average film rating to a 43.64. It is his fourth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 13th best film overall. Coming in, be, uh, uh, coming in ahead of The Last Airbender... And coming in behind Movie 43. He has a film value of negative 6.5 and a score of 31.69. It is uh, That leaves him ranked 3,383rd overall, just behind Vinnie Jones from uh, Guy Ritchie movies like Snatch and Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels, and just ahead of a couple of people, including Heidi Klum, Eric Andre, Raquel Welch, and Adam Rodriguez. Next is Jennifer Garner. This is her 18th film credit and drops her average film rating to a 44.11. This is her fourth film rated between 0 and 24 and 17th best film overall. Coming in behind Nine Lives, the Kevin Spacey cat movie, and coming in ahead of Dude, Where's My Car? 
She drops her film value to a negative 10 and her score to a 29.7. She is now ranked 3,536th overall, which puts her right behind um, Edmund Gwen, uh, who is an Oscar winner for Miracle on 34th Street as the Santa Claus character, and puts her ahead of Brian Thompson, who is in The Terminator, and Dragonheart, and Joe Dirt. Next is Jennifer Aniston. This is her 20th film credit, and drops her average film rating to a 44.40. This is her fourth film, rated between 0 and 24, and 18th best film overall, coming in ahead of Along Came Polly, and behind Just Go With It. Drops her film value to a negative 1.5, and, and her score to a 28.86. She's now ranked 3,603rd, puts her one spot behind Romola Garay, who is in Atonement, and one spot ahead of Caroline Davernis, who's in Breach, The Forbidden Room, and Easy Living, and Goodbye World. Um, side note, my girlfriend and I guess by extension myself, have been watching a lot of Friends uh, lately. I think we're like just about to enter the final season. It's all on Netflix. And, uh, man, like, I guess, I mean, Jennifer Aniston doesn't do a ton of movies nowadays, uh, but she was just so much better as Rachel on Friends than she's been in, I think, any movie I've ever seen her in. Even her best movies on my list are, I mean, it's like Office Space and The Good Girl, outside of her voice roles, which are like The Iron Giant or Storks, which was good, and Horrible Bosses, which was fine, and yeah, that, uh, so much potential, I thought. Rachel from Friends, she was Rachel. I don't know. Just seemed like the contrast of watching her in Mother's Day and Friends is just night and day. Real, real, real big difference. Uh, next up is John Lovitz. This is his 23rd film credit and drops his average film rating to a 43.22. He is now ranked, uh, sorry, he, this is his sixth film credit rated between 0 and 24 and his 19th best movie overall, coming in ahead of Grown Ups 2 and behind Dickie Roberts, colon, former child star. Drops his film value to a negative 11 and his score to a 28.76. He is now ranked 3,613th overall. Which puts him one spot behind Brian Darcy James, who was in Molly's Game and Spotlight. Puts him ahead of Tony Yah from Fury 7 and Triple X, Return of Xander Cage. As well as Chelsea Ross and Chloe Bennett, who are also just one spot behind him. I don't even remember the role that John Lovitz has. He's oh he's um he's like the the comedy club MC guy. He like owns the comedy club. Again, just so much about this movie that didn't need to be there. Uh, next is Larry Miller. This is his thirteenth film credit and drops his average film rating to a forty one point four six. It is his second film rated between 0 and 24 and 12th best movie overall coming in ahead of his voice role in Food Fight and behind his role in Valentine's Day it drops his film value to a negative 8.5 and his score to a 27.43 he 
He is ranked 3,704th, tied with Brecken Meyer from Road Trip or The Craft or Rat Race or Clueless or Go. Uh, puts him just behind a ton of people, including, let's see who we got here, Josh Lawson, who just starred in The 11 O'Clock, which is a short film that was nominated for Best Live Action Short Film at the Oscars, uh, or David Duchovny, or Emily Browning, and puts him just ahead, puts Larry Miller just ahead of Matt Smith, uh, the doctor, one of the doctors. Next is Jason Sudeikis. This is his 17th film credit and drops his average film rating to a 42.12. He's uh, This is, is his fifth film rated between 0 and 24 and 16th best film overall coming in ahead of Masterminds and behind Movie 43. Uh, drops his film value to a negative 10.5 and his score to a 27.18. He's ranked 3,725th overall coming in behind John Lone, who was in The Last Emperor, Iceman, The Shadow, Rush Hour 2, and King Kong. I'm trying to think which one that was. It's not the Peter Jackson one, I don't think. One of them. I'm not sure. Uh, which also puts Sudeikis ahead of Dal McKinnon, who was in, uh, who's an animated, who was a voice in the animated Lady and the Tramp. And that's the only one that probably would be recognized. Cool. Next up is Cameron Esposito, who I really like. And uh, it's a shame she's in this pretty awful, this really awful movie. This is her fourth film credit and drops her average film rating to a 41 even. It is her only film rated between 0 and 24 and worst film overall. Coming in behind last year's Slight. It drops her film value to a negative 2.5 and her score to a 24.83. She is now ranked 3,889th overall, tied with Vanessa Kirby, who was in Jupiter Ascending and About Time. And she's behind Columbe Jacobson Durstein from Men in Black 2 and D2, The Mighty Ducks, and D3, The Mighty Ducks and puts Cameron Esposito ahead of Nate Cordry, uh, brother to Rob Cordry. Next is Britt Robertson, someone else I generally like, but not in this. This is her seventh film credit that I've seen and drops her average film rating to a 37.14. It is her third film rated between 0 and 24 and sixth best movie overall. It comes in ahead of A Dog's Purpose from last year and behind The Space Between Us from last year. She drops her value to a negative 6 and her score to a 22.89, ranking her 4,001st overall, tied with Ashley Green from The Twilight Saga, most of them, and behind Kiersey Clemens from Dope or The New Flatliners puts uh, Britt Robertson ahead of Carol Channing and Massimo Troisi from Il Postino, Oscar nominated. Carol Channing, also Oscar nominated. What do we got? We're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Uh, 
We're over the 4,000 mark, and there are 4,470 people on this list right now. Next up is Sean O'Brien, who is... This is his 10th film credit that I've seen, and drops his average film rating to a 34.1. It is his third film rated between 0 and 24, and worst film overall, coming in behind, playing for keeps. He's also been in Phenomenon, uh, Olympus Has Fallen, Vantage Point... He was in Beatriz at Dinner from last year and The Princess Diaries, which is my favorite of his the films that he's been in. Uh, he lowers his value to a negative 10 and his score to an 18.42. He's now ranked 4,190th, which puts him just behind Rob Paulson, a prolific voice actor from The Dark Knight Returns and a goofy movie, and just ahead of Josh Gad, a prolific voice role actor who is also in Beauty and the Beast, Marshall, Love and Other Drugs, 21, Murder on the Orient Express. Even further down the list, we have Kate Hudson, uh, who at one point, I believe, was the lowest rated person on this list that had had an Oscar nomination or had been in a film rated 90 or above, which would be um, almost famous for both reasons uh, but uh, neither here nor uh, not anymore she has surpassed some of those people she this is her 16th film credit drops her average film rating to a 36 it is her seventh film rated between 0 and 24 and 13th film overall coming in ahead of bride wars and behind something borrowed it drops her value to a negative 14.5 and her score to a 17.5. She's ranked 4,222nd overall, tied with Portia de Rossi, uh, Amanda Crew, and Art Parkinson. Puts her one spot behind Math, uh, Jessica Beale, and one spot ahead of Roger Moore, the late Roger Moore. Um, side note about Something Borrowed. I watched it... Well, let me see exactly. Something Borrowed. I watched this back in February of 2014, so four years ago, and I I lived with different people at the time, and one of them watched parts of the movie with me, uh, just for laughs, I mean, neither of us really enjoyed the movie, necessarily, but I remember there was one plot line through the movie, and I don't remember anything about it now, but... There was one plot in the movie that didn't really get resolved as the credits started to roll. And between that aspect of it and the fact that it's titled Something Borrowed and, you know, it's you know something borrowed, something blue, something whatever. I, uh, I was, I turned to him and I was like, I bet this has an end credits scene. And he was like, Why? And I'm like, well, there, there's stuff they have to wrap up. They, they didn't finish the story. And he's like, come on. There's no way. Or I, I, he probably didn't say that. He, he, he's more, far more snarky. He's far snarkier than, than that, than I give him credit for. But suffice to say, there is an end credit scene for Something Borrowed, which is insane. Because I don't think I've ever seen one at the time. I don't know that I remember seeing one outside of a Marvel movie. And... For some reason, I just I just felt like there had to be more to that movie, and I was like, oh, they're definitely going to set up like a sequel, something borrowed, something new, something, you know. 
so yeah, interesting, fun. I, I think about that far more than I should. Mother's Day. All right. All right. I think this is the lowest person. Maybe. Um, so even further than the list. Remember, I said there were 44,470 total people. Next is Sarah Chalk. This is her second film credit and drops her film average film rating to 9.5. It is her uh, second film rated between 0 and 24 and worst film coming in behind Prep and Landing colon Tiny's Big Adventure animated role. She has a value of negative 4 and a score of 0.75. She is ranked 4,456th tied with Gia Mantegna who was in The Prince and And Soon the Darkness. She is one spot behind Christopher Lambert from Mortal Kombat or Highlander as well as Louise Brealey from Victor Frankenstein. And she is one spot ahead of Cameron Richardson from Rise, colon, Blood Hunter, or Get a Job. Um, so that puts her squarely 14 spots above the lowest ranked person on my spreadsheet. And in terms of value, or in terms of score difference, she's seven and a half points difference. Is that right? Yes. She's seven and a half points above the bottom ranked person. And the bottom 11 people are in the negatives. But Sarah Chalk is very, very close. Sarah Chalk from Scrubs. Scrubs. Moving on. Those are all the actors. Moving, uh, finally. Moving on to the genre. Again, this film is rated a nine for the year 2016. It is a comedy, lowering the average film rating of comedies to 54.51. It is a drama, lowering the average film rating of dramas to 60.93, and that's it. It does pass the Bechdel test with flying colors, as so much of the film's cast are women, and it is rated PG-13. It was not nominated for an Academy Award, thankfully. And moving on to the year. Came out in 2016. It is the 308th film released in 2016 that I've seen. It is one of the 414 films that I have currently seen in the 2018 calendar year. It lowers the average film rating of 2016 films to 52.09 and the tomato meter of those films to 66.95. As a comedy, it is the 115th comedy that I've seen from that year. Pushing 2016 just one spot ahead of 2014, 115 to 114. And as a drama, it is the 144th drama that I have seen from 2016. It is part of the 42.53% of films from 2016 that have a 3 on the Bechdel test and is the 83rd film from 2016 that is rated PG-13. And that's it. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, I, I really did not enjoy this movie. It is bad in all the wrong ways. And all of the wrong... It's I just these kind of films, uh, they don't bring anything new to cinema film. There's not new stories here. 
the idea of them just mashing together all of these maternal issues into a you know Robert Altman style movie it doesn't work <laughs> it, it almost never works in any variation that they try to pull it off in there are good there are reasons why movies like pulp fiction uh, and other such films that have multiple storylines and characters that interact various points along the way, there are reasons why those movies work. And there are reasons why these don't. And I think those differences are fairly obvious. Uh, that being said, um, I'm happy to have seen this for the sake of my spreadsheet because it is a big impact on a lot of people. And I'm always happy to drag some people down. I just wish, unfortunately, I, I mean, I wish that I didn't, it wasn't the film, that there weren't these kind of films that would drag so many women down at once. I think that sucks, but it is an, an unfortunate reality. Okay, uh, that's it for today's episode. I want to thank you so much uh, for listening and appreciate the fact that you did so. If you would like to get in touch with me, the show, you can email circleoffilm at gmail.com or tweet at circleoffilm. We are always accepting top movie rankings, your favorite movie lists of all time, or even like if you've seen every Kubrick movie, I can, I can incorporate that top list, that ranking list as well. And then, what else? Uh, if you would like to check out the website, circlefilm.com, you can head over there. The 2018 Circle Film Awards nominations are constantly changing each and every, well, maybe not each and every day, but like each and every week for sure. And uh, those are generally up to date as of right now. I think that the last film to make an impact from 2018 was A Wrinkle in Time with three nominations, including director for Ava DuVernay, supporting for Reese Witherspoon, and tactile effects at the moment. We'll see how long it can hold on. Um, da, 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 da. And then, if you would like to support the show, you can do so at, on patreon.com slash circleoffilm. And, as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same goodnight. I know she'll never leave me, even as she fades from view. So long, farewell, I'll be the same adieu. In the name of love, one night in the name of love. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So long.